Hey, everybody. Steve here with Local Level Podcast. I'm sitting here with Jeremy Balick of City Limits, Harley-Davidson of Palatine at 2015 North Rand Road. Uh, and you can check them out at citylimitshd.com. So, Jeremy, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. And uh, we were just talking that you have an event coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, October 26th, we're having the Wicked Burger Bash. There's six local restaurants from around the state of Illinois that are going to be competing. There will be a People's Choice and a Judge's Choice. Um, it's going to be $30 per ticket per participant, or excuse me, to... Uh, to get involved, participant, thank you. Um, that'll get you six samples of the burgers and it'll get you a beer ticket. And it'll also give you a um, uh, a raffle ticket as well. The restaurants will be raffling off uh, gift cards. Uh, City Limits Harley Davidson will also be raffling off a gift card that day. Um, you know, it's all ages, bring your dogs, bring your kids, bring everybody. The food's gonna be absolutely amazing. I'm not allowed to talk about any of the burgers yet. It's all top <laughs> secret, but uh, it's it should be awesome. Plus the 2020 Harley Davidson motorcycles will be there on display. They will be available for test ride if the weather permits it. All the new colors are in stock. So, you know, please come on down, check it out. Have a great way to, you know, finish up October and Halloween. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely check that out. We'll put the uh, information in the description below. But um, Jeremy, so tell me a little bit about Harley's. You know, Harley Davidson, it has a whole culture behind it. What does Harley Davidson mean to you? Um, what does Harley Davidson mean to me? Harley Davidson is, the culture is the right word. I mean, the motorcycles, of course, are amazing and beautiful. But the one thing on uh, the four years that I've been in this business is the, the people that are involved in this business are so passionate about it, whether it's the riders or the people that work there, or the people that just come in off the street, whether you're a first time rider, you've been doing it forever. Yeah. There's, you know, there's just such a camaraderie. Everybody you meet, if they're wearing a t-shirt, they have a bike, you already have something in common and something to talk about. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about it. You know, it, it's, it's a very, very right. unique thing. You know, it, it's kind of, it's very, very cool. Actually, I can compare it to heavy metal music. All metalheads seem to somehow know each other. You <laughs> see each other, you, you'll make the comment about their shirts, the band shirts, and all that. That's a, a no, that's just another way to describe how Harley Davidson is or a simple right. way to describe it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty safe to say like across the room you can tell who's a rider. If they got a, a shirt on or whatever, you have something in common, you know they're uh they're friendly. Yeah. Uh so that's awesome. And um so you know you're working at Harley Davidson, you're mm -hmm. manager of sales, correct? Correct. And uh so tell me a little bit about uh how you got into this. You know, you know, you you, you started to ride uh at what age? I bought my first bike when I was 27. I bought my first Harley when I was 30. Nice, nice. And uh, so what, what drew you to, to Harley? Because, you know, I mean, I know you, you, when we were talking before, you said you were in the restaurant business. Can you tell us a little bit about the transition before uh, to where you're at now? So the restaurant business I got into when I was 20. I, I waited tables. I bartended. Um, I got into management in my late 20s, and I did that for a long time. Um, Harley was always just something that I was infatuated with. I always loved yeah. motorcycles. When I was when I was a little kid, my dad had a Honda 750. He used to have a seatbelt that would go around me and him. He had me <laughs> in the gas tank and he'd take me for rides. Nice. So, I mean, those were my earliest motorcycle memories. And then as I got older, I always, you know, just loved the idea of the brand. I loved the image. I loved the sound. Just, you know, everything about it was just amazing. So, you know, after 20 years in the restaurant business, um, uh, I loved it for a long time. 20 years was long enough. I was trying to figure out what what to do next. And um, the yeah. general manager of City Limits at the time um, offered me a position to be a sales guy. And I'd never done it before, but I knew, you know, I had a passion for the brand. 
I had um, uh, a lot of experience, you know, with hospitality. So taking care of people, you know, yeah. kind of, it kind of was very, very similar, you know, because that's what you do when you sell bikes, you know, sure. you make a friend, you just take care of people. So that's, that's how I got involved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of uh, similarities, like you were saying in the restaurant business, uh, hospitality type of stuff, the customer service, you know, the, the yeah. you know, being genuine and, you know, uh, in any sales, really, it's all about just being honest and sincere and, and real. You know, that's people can smell the, the fakeness. You know, and oh, sure. Deceit. Uh, nobody likes that commission breath. Right. You know, so. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, yeah that's that's a <laughs> real use, one. I was going to use that all the time for sure. It's a real thing. Trust me. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's uh, it's nice because when we were talking before, you were saying that there's a, a much different feeling dynamic from like a car dealership to a Harley showroom. And there's a distinction between dealership and showroom. Can you explain what that is? Um, the cool thing about the Harley dealerships and Harley has been working on this for a long time from the Harley owners group to just the way um, the dealerships and sell were designed. They're, they're des- they're set up to be a destination. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, a car dealership, you go in with something when you either you need a new car or something's broken with your car, you know, they're, they're a right. necessity. That's just, that's just how that is. Right. At a Harley shop, you know, people come in every single weekend to have some popcorn, get a cup of coffee, meet other friends to go on a group ride. You know, we have, we, you know, we have events like we're having on the 26th. You have parties, you have gatherings, you know, that goes back to the culture. Yes. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, because I'm not a, I'm not a rider, you know, I mean, I I have uh, people uh, kind of by proxy, I I know of it, you know, but I haven't. Uh, it's something that is on my bucket list, but I know that there's so much camaraderie and, you know, like we were saying, the culture is something that's like as American as apple pie. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, can you tell us about the chapters? You know, I know every dealership has its own kind of chapter and rider groups and stuff like that. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? So the Harley owner group, um, I think belief started like in the early eighties, this was, this was Harley's brainchild. Yeah. And the way they the way they run today is um, every dealership has its own chapter. Um, some of them are very involved. Some of them that, you know, they, they get signed up when they buy a motorcycle and they really never do anything with it. Um, uh, the one in Palatine specifically, they're they're very involved in charity events. They're very involved. They're, they're a big riding group. Um, I think I think on av- I think their average year is something like sixty plus rides per year that they put together and they wow. go on together as a group. Like sanctioned rides. Sanctioned rides that are for you know they're for the Harley group. Yeah, yeah. You know they you know they're they've I've been with City Limits on off for four years. The ones that have been there are still there. They're great people. You know they have their meetings once a month at Edmonds Pub and Palatine. Wow. They have um uh, their road captain meetings at the dealership once a month and just you know they're 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 into it. It's all about you know it's all about riding the motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, um, it's kind of like joining a club. I mean, just, just by getting a Harley, you're, you're in a club, whether you signed up on paper. Or not. Exactly. So that's, that's nice to see that there's kind of the support, you know, and that's, uh, that's something that's really different. I mean, you don't see like, sure. You hear the Ford or the, the Chevy, like, oh, I'm team this and that, but it's not like Harley, you know, it's, it's different. You know, it's not like uh, a group of people go and ride their, their Fords. Right. You know? Right. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting dynamic there, and um, so the 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 sad part about that, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the the older generations are much more passionate about Harley and the culture for probably a couple reasons. Probably just because there's a cost 
involved. Sure. But then, you know, I, I think that the culture may have changed a little bit. You know, the younger generation seems to not be as enthused as the Harley uh, of, of old, you know, the older generation. Why do you think that is? I don't think, I don't think Harley or us have found a way to grab onto them or as many of them as we did in previous generations. I mean, you know, our, when I grew up, Harley and the Marvel Man was a movie. Right. You, you yeah. know I mean? You know, the 10 years before that was Easy Rider. There was always yeah. something, you know, when you were a kid, you saw that it sparked something. It, it made you want to get a freedom. Yes. Symbol of freedom. You know, rebellion, freedom, the, the whole thing. And, they, yeah. you know, there's that things change. Cultures have changed. It's, you know, it's not, you know, I don't think people see that the way that they used to. I think there's a... Um, um, a way to get them. I think that, you know, I think there's a way to bring them in. I think Harley's actually working on that. Um, yeah. Things like Project Livewire, which is the all electric motorcycle, which has been released this year. I wanted to talk about um, that too. And other stuff coming down the road. I mean, they're, they're, they're coming up with ways. They're not sitting in their little hole going, okay, we only make V twin Harleys and that's yeah. all we're going to make. Why aren't people buying them? Right. Exactly. Right. You know, they're, the V twins are going to be around for a long time. Guys like me, we're, you know, we're still going to have our motorcycles. We're still going to have our, our loud bikes, but you know, yeah. the next generation may be more excited about, you know, getting involved in something else. And the, the, <coughs> the price point, the only thing I could say about the the price point on the motorcycles is they've always been too expensive. <laughs> it's just you know back. Well, it's a luxury, exactly. You know? It's a luxury. I mean, you you know, you, people don't. I mean, I'm sure there's people that ride during the snow snow times. Probably not safe, but a friend of mine does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't suggest actually how I met him. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure he, stand, he stood out. I'm sure, yeah. but um, you know, it's it's a secondary thing. It's like buying a boat, you know, or, right, or something like that. You know, it's a luxury thing. It's you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I understand that aspect, but it's always been like that. Right. Um, especially in this climate. In a different climate, like Southern California, you can ride it all year, year round. Yep. Um, but uh, what, Sturgis is in one of the coldest climates in the in the nation. So. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Middle of nowhere, too. Right, right. So, you know, there, there's definitely something to that. Now, I don't know exactly what it is with the culture, why that changed, because you feel, I feel like, you know, there's, there's that same kind of co- counterculture almost happening now where people are rebellious and like political type of whatever. Sure. Um, but it's just, it's totally in a different direction. People are like more like eco-friendly and all that stuff. But I think that there's a misconception, you know, a motorcycle is not a big polluter. No. You know I mean? It, 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 the amount of fuel that you use is like minuscule compared to a car. Oh God. The average, uh, the right now, like today I brought a 2020 street glide with, um, with 114 cubic inch motor, tons of power. Right. It gets 40, 42 miles a gallon. I mean, you know, how many cars do that? Your Prius, right. you know, your, your, your right. hybrids will get that. But other than that, no, they're still, they're very efficient. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like, I think people think that just because it's loud, it means it's dirty or something. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it exactly, but you know, it's uh it's a shame because that is a, a symbol of uh, American freedom and, you know, just like, you know, pedal to the metal, I guess, or whatever. Just a, just and, a cool, cool yeah, thing. Yeah, it's just a cool thing, you know. Everybody turns their head when they see a Harley go by. Yep. You know, you can hear it, you know it, and that's it's it's a nice thing. You don't want to see that go. But, um, you know, there is a new thing, like you said, the Livewire project. Yep. So that's electric bike. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? That's this year, right? Yes. It's um, uh, The official release date was August. I think we're supposed to get our first one in this week. 
um, uh, for, you know, so this will be my first time actually seeing one in wow. person. That's big. Um, which is, I, I can't wait. They've been talking about this for five years. It's yeah. been in development. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, the, what I do know about it, um, I know it's the zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds. It's ridiculous. Which is absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, you need like, uh, you need like uh, some, some safety wheels on the back. Right, yeah, wheelie bars just to keep the front yeah. end down. I was telling a guy that was in a few weeks ago and I told him the zero to 60 time and he goes, that's faster than my dad's Viper. I'm like, yep, it's insane. Yeah, like, that's gonna be ludicrous. Man. Um, the range, um, I've everything I've heard is anywhere from 100 to 150 miles on a charge. Um, you know, it's got different traction control options in a sport mode and, and different kinds of stuff. And the, the, re the thing I really want to hear, and this goes for it's a little anti Harley for the traditionalist, but yeah. the bike itself sounds like a jet engine when it goes. There's no motor. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all electric, yeah. but everything I've seen and heard on YouTube stuff, I mean, this thing just sounds like a screaming jet engine. Yeah, as it as it goes by, so I can't wait to actually hear that in real life. I wonder how they did that because it's just it's just magnets. That's all it is, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't really know. I do know I was on an electric bicycle. There's a video on me on City Limits website when he's going <laughs> in circles, and that thing, same thing. I don't know what what huh. if, if there's a drive, there's not a drive gear, so I don't know what it is, but you know, Maybe it makes that high pitched noise as you're whipping around the freaking. That's awesome though. Yeah, it's like uh, you know the Jetsons. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, going back to like the culture of it, I think that there is going to be kind of pushback from the older generations that it doesn't sound like a Harley. You know, it sounds like something new. Well, maybe that's the solution. Maybe that's how you get the younger generation. I don't know. Give them something different. It's yet to be seen. But uh, it's pretty safe to say that the traditional Harley isn't going anywhere. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> our, our beach winds will be here for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about Harley? Um, the biggest one, I remember you asked me this when we talked last week, but it's one that <laughs> it's funny how stigma stays. Um, they leak oil, they're unreliable yeah. and, you know, and they fall apart and, you know, and I still get people that'll come in and say that. And usually when I ask the question, I'll be like, you know, have you ridden a Harley before? I had a 1978 Ironhead. It's like, <laughs> okay, in the last 40 years, it's, it's been, been a while. Yes. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, you know, really since. The mid '90s and by, by the 2000s, the, the motorcycles have become so much more reliable. Um, just a really high quality, you know, machine. You know, they're they're, they're not the days of old. But yeah. you know, it's funny how something that it was 40 years ago, 50 years ago. You know, you still hear people sit there and say, "Oh, does it leak oil? Does it? You know, yeah, right. is it is it going to leave me stranded?" It's like, no, that's it's just not how it is anymore. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you know, it's good to get that out. I mean, it's. I, f I figure that a lot of people that come in kind of have an idea what they're getting themselves into. Um, you know, it's not like you, you're going to buy a car for necessity and you're really, you know, you're mm. buying a Harley or you're in there inquiring about it because right. you kind of have an idea what you want. Um, so as a sales manager and somebody that deals with this on a daily basis, what are some of the biggest objections that you get um, besides price or whatever? That aside, sure. Um, what are some of the, the the buying questions? What are some of the questions that maybe you can answer now for people that potentially are interested in a Harley? What are some of the things that that come up most often? The thing, I mean, besides of course the the price question, which is a big one. The thing that comes up is usually with the newer riders, the ones that have been riding, you know, for a long time. They'll come in, and you know, of course, they want to do a test ride. They're going to have questions about. Um, for example, in 2018, the, they changed the frame on the soft tail model. Okay. But people that have been riding soft tails for a long time, they want to know about that. You know, what's different about it? 
Um, uh, they they moved the shock absorber. It's lighter. It's more nimble. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the motor made it more powerful, and it's it's just a more uh, refined bike. Mm-hmm. Um, the newer riders are the ones that are are a little bit more trickier. Not trickier. It's kind of the fun part because they're the ones. You know, I say putting somebody on a Harley is like fitting somebody to a suit. Yeah, everybody's different. What's like right? Wall right. Yeah. And if you have someone that's never really done it, they have generally no idea. You know, I've had guys six three, six four, saying that they want to be on the Sportster, and the Sportster is one of the smallest bike Harley makes. Mm. Sometimes that makes sense. I've sold them to people, but a lot of times, you know, when you look at their height, and you look at that when when they actually sit on those bikes, they said they go, "Well, maybe I should be on something different." And that's you know, that's my job and my sales guy's job yeah. is to make sure that we're you know giving them that information. So when I do make that decision, they're making the you know the one that's best for them. Yeah, that, no, that's interesting that you said it's kind of like fitting somebody. Because, yeah, there's different models, there's different sizes and shapes. So, you know, have you uh, have you encountered something where somebody maybe is just hell bent on something that is wrong for them and you know it? Yeah. You know, and it, it, it comes down to you, you guide them the best you can. You give them the information. You know, you, you, you know, for example, somebody again, we'll use the sports example, not to pick on sportsters. <laughs> We'll use that just as a common ex- example, you know, someone that's, you know, taller, six, over six feet tall, and you fit them on a Sportster and, you know, you could see their knees are probably higher than they should be. You know, you always try to, you know, give them the other option. Yeah. This is a soft tail. This is it. But some people, you know, one thing about owning a Harley, if you don't love the way it looks and you're not looking at it when you're walking away, you yeah. probably bought the wrong bike in the first place. And Good point. if the guy loves the bike, the guy loves the bike. You know, sure. for him, it's the right bike. So. Yeah, he doesn't see what he looks like when he's on it. He just sees the great <laughs> exactly. bike. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I've That's done funny. that before. I've taken pictures of the people on the bike and then just said to him, go, this is what you look like. Oh, wow. And it goes both ways. You know, sometimes like, Has you know, ever- it, it works both ways. You know, people go, yes, no, I really want that bike because they think they look badass on it. And other times they looked at it and go, Oh, I didn't think I looked like that on it. And then it's like, okay, you know, let's, let's see something else. So yes, uh, it can work. That's good insight. Yeah. No, I'm sure that's, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, And uh, so, you know, deal the business aspect of it, because, you know, you, you know, your stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's a different type of sale than selling cars or selling widgets, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's more of like a, a refined type of sale where it's, you know, it's not a high pressure thing. Right. Um, but you get people from all different walks of life that come into doing sales. What would you say is your management style? Uh, you know, dealing with a new salesperson, how do you motivate? How do you train them? What are some of the techniques that you use to make them a a good fit? Um, all my guys, generally speaking, I, the one thing I try to explain to all them and and really try to put in, convey to them is that when you, you know, when somebody's coming through the front doors, you know, you're right. It's not a car deal. So it's not a high pressure sale. The, the best thing you can do is, is to make a friend, you know, learn about these people talk, you know, you know, do they live in the area? You know, what are they doing for fun? Why are they even here? Is it the first bike? Is it their lifelong dream to own one? Did they have one when they were in their twenties, had a kid and had to sell it? Yeah. You know, you know, the usual kind of, you know, the most common things that you hear. Um, so that's of course what I'm working with, you know, guys have been doing it for 20 years, guys have started off. That's always the, uh, the main thing that I try to convey to all of them is, you know, the more, you know, just make a friend, you know, they, they're, they're going to buy a bike. You're going to guide them to the right bike and, you know, everyone's going to work out. And then really with, um, you know, one thing I've learned in this took me years, you know, I was a, re- a restaurant manager for a long, long time. Yeah. Got into this. Everybody's different. You know, certain people yeah. I can be 
this quick width and go, I need this. Don't do this, do this, bam, go. And they're great with it. That's what they expect. And that's my personality. I'm very black and white, short, straight to the point. And after years of burning myself and probably losing some good people along the way, I found out you can't, that's, that doesn't work with everybody. Right. You know, so I've had to, you know, re restructure myself. So I, you know, know that somebody I'm going to have to go and use the 50 words where in my head, I'm like, well, I can say this in 10 words. But, you know, you know, give the explanation as to why this is working yeah. or this isn't working or why they're being successful or why, you know, they're, they're struggling and what I can do to help them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot too many times managers, especially in sales, for whatever reason, I guess, just because I don't know, it's a instant gratification type of business. A lot it of is. times, um, a lot of times people, managers don't they can't uh, make. They feel like the, the 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 script or the way it's supposed to be done is the way it's supposed to be done, and they don't realize that they're talking to human beings, right. you know. And and everybody learns different. Everybody retains information differently. And you know, to get the best results out of somebody, you know, when you're trying to motivate, you know, you got to be able to relate and you know connect. You know, if and if you can't connect to your salesperson, how are that you going to expect them? To connect to a customer absolutely and and how are you going to be able to help them connect to a customer if you don't even know how they connect you know to you right you know what i mean yeah so it kind of goes both ways so that's an interesting thing now when we were talking um you know how, how do you motivate people what what is it that you do like in-house like you have like um, money no. <laughs> well sure besides money because you know money you know everybody wants it but you know, it's like uh, with sales, people get burned out. People need a pat on the back every now and then. People need to, you know, go take a smoke break or whatever it is that's going to get them to kind of reset. You know, um, how do you how do you navigate that? So, well, one thing I try to do is um, I have a meeting every single morning. You know, for example, if we open at nine eight thirty, everybody meets up at the sales desk, and um, we kind of start our day that day that way. Um, and you have your basic questions. Who do I need to call? Who do you got to call? And that kind of stuff. But more importantly, I try to just kind of like we're doing, just kind of have a casual conversation to yeah. get the day started, to, you know, to, you know, kind of take the edge off a little bit. Sure. If they're worried about, I need to close this guy, or I only got three bikes out and it's the 20th or, you know, kind of to let them think a little bit less about that, you know, just kind of have a morning powwow, you know, talk about what we're going to do throughout the day, but keep it as casual as I can to bring down that tension a little bit because, you yeah. know, any sales job is, I mean, it, we say it's low pressure, but it's, it's a sales job. It's not, you know, right. for us, yeah. it's, it's always high pressure. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, you guys are commission based or is it a, a it's a combo. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, I, you know, there's, there's some money there, but of so course it's not majority, high pressure. It's not like super, super like breathing down their neck when somebody comes in. It is because they can't live on, you know, in order to make a living. Yes. They got to sell, okay. you know, I, you know, we, we, we all have to sell. That's, that's, yeah, you know, that's what we do. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's our job. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, when, I mean, I guess anybody knows if they're going to buy something, especially, you know, something like a Harley or a car or a boat or whatever, you're talking to somebody that does have a motive, mm-hmm. but it's different because I think that with, with Harley's, you know, like you say, it's more of a destination and, you know, there's, there's questions to be asked and you know that you're kind of in, fr- you know, you're in a friendly atmosphere cause you guys are riders as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now do you have, uh, is everybody a rider that sells a Harley? In a perfect world, yes. Um, no, they're um, uh, currently. I could say right now, everybody on my team am, uh, owns a Harley, owns and rides a Harley at um, Palatine. At, at Palatine, yes. Yeah. Uh, in my whole sales team, you know, we're we're all riders. We all have our own class. We all have motorcycles. I have in the past worked with people that um, came from a sales background, 
um, and didn't have, you know, some, in some cases, no motorcycle riding experience whatsoever. It's a mixed bag. That's going to be rough. It, it is for, you know, I, it is for them because they, it's, you don't know how do you make that relationship right. and talk to somebody about a motorcycle? It is something that in some cases, yeah. you're, not only you've never been on, you're, 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 you're intimidated by, Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I, I don't, you know, maybe they signed up for the wrong place. You know, when they did that. Yeah. And that's usually <laughs> what it ends up coming out to be. I mean, you know, some people, you know, they interview well enough or whatever. And you, you, you kind of give go, them a shot. Absolutely. Cause you know what, you don't want to, if somebody does have sales experience, you know, you could be missing out on a great opportunity because yeah. of, you know, their circumstances, maybe they sure. never had the opportunity right in the past, but they want to. So, right, right. but you know, it's, you know, in the times I've seen, it's been a very mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. And um, yeah. So, I mean, this is uh this is good stuff. So um, you have this event coming up on the 26th year, uh, the, the burger tasting and the beer. Yeah. What's it called? Again? Wicked burger bash. Wicked burger bash. Yeah. What time is that? That's going to be from noon to five on October 26th. Um, let's see if I can list up all the restaurants. <laughs> Alley 64 in Palatine, Burger Antics, Assembly, Lodi Tap House. I'm putting my uh, I'm putting too much pressure on myself. Reps and Rolling Meadows. We're here. <laughs> We're here We're right at, now. Right Mike, right now. I didn't forget. Um, <laughs> Burger Antics, Lodi, and Frank's Originals in Lake Geneva. Beautiful. Those will be the six competitors. Beautiful. Yeah, we're gonna put uh, we're gonna put the information about that event in the description below. And uh, how can people find you? Um, citylimitshc.com is a great way to do it. I'm at City Limits Harley Davidson, um, Tuesday, right? Wednesday through Monday. You know, we're, we're closed on Tuesday for all hours, but other than that, I'm there just about every single day. Well, oh. uh, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Good talk. Um, if anybody's in the market for something awesome to ride, definitely check them out. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. We'll